the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Tonight we're going to be talking about Jesus, our righteousness. Jehovah Sidgenu, our righteousness. When Jesus came to the earth, He was the righteousness of God before men. When He died and resurrected, He became our righteousness. What's nice about understanding that is that we know that righteousness is not just something we wear or put on or we're handed to walk around with. Righteousness is life. Today we're going to begin in verse 20 of the third chapter of Romans. But in the preceding verses, Paul has committed a lot of ink to the truth of man's condition apart from God, apart from salvation. In man's condition, man's literal heritage, who he is, is corrupt. He is under the power of sin. There is nothing good in him. He cannot attain righteousness in his condition. He is born separated from God. And he has no hope of ever gaining a righteousness apart from God. Now, this is something the Holy Spirit wants us to have a very clear vision of. And if we don't have a clear vision of it, then we don't see with clarity what Christ has given us. If we don't have a clear vision of our condition prior to Christ, if the enemy has been allowed to come in and distort our vision of us prior to Christ with the worldview that there's something good about man apart from Christ, if he's been allowed to somehow come in and, and give us this, this everybody's okay idea until they do something wrong, then we diminish the truth of Christ's work. We diminish the impact, the gravity of what Christ brought to us. It's very important, and Paul wants them to understand. Of course, Paul's speaking to Jews who have a system of righteousness, self-righteousness in the law. He's speaking to people who, who have tried to attain their own righteousness. And he wants them to understand their need for Christ. He wants them to understand their need for salvation. But what's more than that, that salvation doesn't clean them up. Salvation gives them a whole new life. 
that the life they have can't be remodeled, can't be redone, can't be fixed up, cannot be made righteous. Did you know that you could not be made righteous? Now, we use that terminology, but I want you to understand, you cannot be made righteous apart from Christ. You were not righteous. You were under the control of sin. You were corrupt at your very core. He did not come in and make you righteous. He literally gave you a new life. A righteous life. Now, if you understand that, then you won't be constantly trying to balance your behavior with who you are. Because your behavior doesn't always agree with who you are. It doesn't. If you haven't discovered that, you haven't been watching yourself very closely. Just ask somebody who knows you. The truth of who you are, if you're a Christian, is that you are righteous. You are righteous. The Holy Spirit wants us to have a clear understanding of that. He wants us to appreciate the change that God has affected in us. Every man needs to see the depth of his need. And the interesting thing about that is that the lost man doesn't see the depths of his need until the Spirit of God reveals it to him. The lost man walks around blind to his need. He sees merit in what he does when he does good. And in fact, when he sees what he does as good, it is so big to him that it overshadows all that he's done bad. He can't see the bad. All he can see is the good. Or he refuses to recognize it. And here's the thing about God. God so loved the world that He looked upon this, this crew of corrupt, to the core, self-centered, sinful people who literally at their very nature despised Him, walking around in blindness to Him, literally destroying themselves for lack of truth. He looked down upon them and He said, I must reveal Myself to them. I must give them the opportunity to have a life. Because they were never meant to suffer so. Do you know that God looks upon the lost man with great, with great pity and compassion? Because they're living in suffering. They're living in the consequences of their own sin. They're living in darkness. They're living in blindness. They're living in suffering. They don't have life. And Jesus says, I am come that they might have life. He looks down upon the darkness of sin and the corruption of this world. He sees, sees it in a greater clarity than we could ever see. God doesn't allow you to see, really, the depravity of this world in its fullness. He doesn't allow you to see the depravity of man in its fullness. You, in effect, are shielded from that because it would literally suck hope out of you. Because it is so great. But it's not as great as our God. And it's not as big as He is. We have a greater hope. We have a greater reward in life than just this world. Let's look at Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Paul has just made it clear that no man would meet the standard. No man can meet the standard. Romans 3.20 says, For no person will be justified, made righteous, acquitted, and judged acceptable in his sight by observing the works prescribed by the law. 
For the real function of the law is to make men recognize and be conscious of sin. Not mere perception, but an acquaintance with sin, which works towards repentance, faith, and a holy character. He starts with no person, and that word there in the Greek is pasa sarks. You remember the word sarks. Sarks refers to flesh, and basically what he is saying is no flesh. This doesn't just refer to the body of man, it refers to the very nature, the very core of man. It says that no person, no body, no one will be made righteous by the law. No man born of flesh will be justified. No man born into sin, into the sin nature, can ever be made righteous by the works prescribed by the law. Can you see that there was perhaps a little deception in the Jewish understanding? In the Jewish mindset? And even in the religious of today? And in the majority of religions today? There is no hope of being a judged acceptable by God for a man that is born of the flesh, whose heritage is Adam. Who does that include? Everyone. Everyone. Now Paul is throwing a light on this deception that has blinded man to his need. The law was never intended to make man righteous. Paul tells us the real function of the law. The law... In this case, as he says the law, and it may be capitalized in some of your translations, and they are relegating it to the Mosaic law, if that is the case. And that is accurate. That is accurate. But it can also refer to uh, Old Covenant commandments and rituals, to legalism, to anything that is trusted in for righteousness, to the divine standard. It can be a method or teaching or anything that we base our acceptance on. The capitalization of that word, if you have it, is referring to the old Mosaic law, the Old Testament law. It doesn't matter what you base your, your acceptance on with God. If it is not the life of Christ, you're not acceptable in it. If you base your acceptance before God on anything other than the life and work of Christ, it doesn't work. It's not acceptable. You're not acceptable if that's your condition, if that's what you believe in. Now, what man did is he made the law a challenge to keep in order to justify the flesh. But the law doesn't cleanse, it reveals the law never cleanses. It reveals. You know, the illustration is often used of the mirror. The mirror, if you look at it, will reveal the dirt on your face or uh, other needs. But you don't take the mirror down, lather it with soap, and rub your face on it. Because a mirror was not designed to clean you. It is simply designed to reveal the dirt. That's the law. It's like taking a thermometer and swallowing it to cure a fever. Won't work. The thermometer was meant to reveal the fever, not cure the fever. Verse 20 continues. For the real function of the law. You see, in the emphasis the Amplified puts on it, you can tell that the purpose of the law has been misinterpreted. And that's what he's addressing. He says, for the real function of the law... 
is to make men recognize and be conscious of sin, not mere perception, but an acquaintance with sin which works towards repentance, faith, and holy character. To recognize sin means to see it for what it is. And for man, now get this, this is, this is what he's saying. For man, it is to recognize oneself. Do you understand that? It's not just recognizing sin. It's not recognizing sin in behaviors. It's not recognizing sin in things. But it is meant for you to recognize yourself as sinful. To recognize that you are sinful, not just your behavior. The law reflected back to man his true condition. Now God can see a man as he is, but man's condition not only blinds him to his sinful condition, but causes him to believe that somehow he can do something to make himself righteous. And you know what that is? It's pride. It's just pure pride. Let me tell you, pride is an insidious thing. We don't recognize it because of pride. (laughs) You know, pride blinds you to pride. And the reality of it is, so many of our issues in terms of our ability to recognize the presence of God is pride. One of the reasons we do not see God in everything, because our pride wants us to believe that we are completely in control and we are the master of our own fate. So, if we're going to add God in there, then, then it has to be relegated to spiritual activity and the supernatural. But the reality of it is, is that we are walking in the life of Christ. His life is within us if we're a child of God. And we don't participate in anything that Christ doesn't participate in to some degree. I'm not talking about sin, I'm talking about just living life. Of course, Christ doesn't participate in sin, but you know what? You have your life in Him, and do you sin? Do you? Well, He's there. But He's there for this purpose. Number one and foremost, He's there because He is your life. Just because a shepherd's on duty doesn't mean a sheep will go all the right way. That the sheep won't turn away. That the sheep won't get into the briar. Just because the shepherd's on duty. You see, sheep are stupid. That's why God compares us to them. They're stupid. They don't know. They, they have an ignorance about them that doesn't recognize the superiority of the shepherd and his ability to select the right path, the right food, and the right way. In fact, they're more concerned about what other sheep are doing. See, I wonder why he compared us to sheep. But they will follow another sheep quicker than they'll ever follow a shepherd. And it's interesting. You have churches that are, that are about following sheep. You get a dominant sheep and they're all about yanking over this way and following that way and this program and that program. And they they have trouble seeing the shepherd. And the truth is, they're racing around behind another sheep and hope that they'll find the shepherd. God never intended that. Pride is the main reason we're blinded to the truth of our condition because we believe that we're acting in God's best interest. You ever done that? We believe that our will is best. And we believe when we need wisdom, we will ask God for wisdom. Right? Well, the Bible says He is our wisdom. That's what the Bible says. He is our wisdom. 
Rather than begging Him to come into your little world and impart wisdom so you could better manage your world and continue to be in charge, what you need to do is yield to the fact that you have His life and allow His life to be your wisdom. How's that for a change in dynamic? Justification is in faith alone. And this is what Paul, the point Paul is making and he'll continue to make. In Acts chapter 13, verse 39, he says that through Him, everyone who believes, who acknowledges Jesus as His Savior and devotes himself to Him is absolved, cleared, and freed from every charge from which he could not be justified and freed by the law of Moses and given right standing with God. Through Jesus Christ we're freed, cleared. Galatians 2.16 It says, Yet we know that a man is justified or reckoned righteous and in right standing with God, not by works of the law, but only through faith and absolute reliance and adherence to and trust in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Therefore, even we ourselves have believed on Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law, for we cannot be justified by any observance of the ritual of the law given by Moses, because by keeping legal rituals and by works, no human being can ever be justified, declared righteous, or put in right standing with God. Well, look... Oftentimes, we'll relegate these scriptures to the Jews who were adherents to the law, capital L. But I want to tell you that anything that you believe is giving you good standing or right standing before God because you do it is law to you. Anything that you embrace, that you believe by embracing, draws you into a closer relationship with God is law to you. There is no value in it. For the Christian, of course, we're already justified in Christ. But for the Christian, it is a distraction for us to take on a legalistic lifestyle. It is literally something that blinds us to the life, work, and activity of Christ in us. It puts shackles on us. It binds us up. We begin to operate in the parameters of man for the approval of man rather than in the freedom of Christ, living in that freedom and that approval that He's given us. Because it's all about what we do. Or what we don't do. Don't relegate this to the Jews. Look at it. And see in it. Those things that you believe make you righteous. Because you're righteous not by the things you do. But by the life you possess. You see the hopeless plight of man. Born a distortion. Born in pride. Sinful at birth. And corrupt from the first cry. God saw our need and gave everything that we might know Him, the author of life. You know, I used to wonder why God didn't give me a new soul when He gave me a new spirit. Why did I have to keep all the memories and all the flesh patterns of the past? And it's come to me, and I've come to understand this, 
that God doesn't remove those things, that I might recognize the narrow way. That I might walk and also walk in the truth of His deliverance. That in the backdrop of the darkness of the things that I have sought in this world, I see the glory and the splendor of the life He's placed in me. That in those things, those memories and those pathways, I know that there is no hope, but I also know that they're the only alternative to Jesus. They are an alternative to Jesus. The pathways of the flesh are an alternative to living in the life, the truth that we have within us. And the enemy wants us to believe we're bound to those pathways. He wants us to believe that we can't escape those pathways. Those ruts are just too deep to climb out of. But let me tell you something. You have a life, not a rut. And it's Christ. And you don't need to climb out of them. You need to walk around them and walk in the narrow way, the truth. That that life in you is so much bigger than the coping mechanisms of this world, than the distractions of this world, than the problems of this world, than the weakness of your flesh. It's bigger than your sin. Grace, grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. And that's the truth. We walk and live in grace. Because grace has a name. And it's Jesus. It's through the soul I see afresh what I was and what I have become. We see best in the light of grace. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. Now listen, we just went through those previous verses where Paul paints a black picture as to who man is apart from Christ. His hopelessness, his depravity, his corruption. It is a big black curtain across the soul. He paints it dark and ominous. And in verse 20 that we just read, what he has done is he has taken the only hope that a man apart from God might hold on to in order to declare himself in right standing with God. You see, the Jew thought they had penetrated the curtain through their self-righteousness and their adherence to the law. And Paul says it won't penetrate the curtain. You stand on the other side like every man does in darkness. But verse 21 is Paul flinging the curtain wide and revealing the righteousness of Christ and the true definition of what Christ has done for us in our deliverance from the law. Listen to Romans chapter 3 verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law. Actually, it is attested by the law and the prophets. But now, from no hope to hope. But now, from no hope to but now. This is the answer to the issue of man's nature. Paul presents the doctrine of justification in this verse. And it is the righteousness of God that is revealed. A righteousness that has its source in God. 
Now I want you to see this. A righteousness apart from the works of man, apart from the study of Scripture, apart from evangelism, apart from giving, apart from the good works that man could do, apart from association attendance, apart from all the things that you think a good man does, it is a righteousness that has its source in God alone. It has no root in man. It has its source in God alone. These things that I just mentioned are to be expressions of the new life, but they are not life. They do not impart righteousness. They are evidence of a righteous life within. The word now is not a change in time. It's a change in covenant that he's speaking about. But now... You know, Martin Luther called these verses... The marrow of theology, which is probably a good description. There's only one way, there's only one truth, and it's Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake He made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through Him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved and acceptable in right relationship with Him by His goodness. Now see this. Righteousness refers to the very character of God. He bestows on us His character through the life of His Son. You remember what I told you at the very beginning, that when Jesus came to the earth as a man, He came as the righteousness of God, to reveal the righteousness of God. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, The hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.